We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmer's market quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. <laughs> girls, I just got my weekly shipment of imperfect produce, and let me tell you. Ooh, spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. <laughs> That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Hello, kings and queens and in-betweens, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another memorable episode of Yas Jesus. I am Daniel Francesi, and as always, I'm here with my bestie, Azariah Southworth. And listen, you need to get in here. You need to come on in, join us, because no matter what you believe, no matter who you are, God loves you, and so do we. And you are welcome here, because here at Yas Jesus, we believe... That reflection is a good thing. Yes, it's time to take a little trip down memory lane, darlings. It's a different sort of episode, but it seems really important to just have a scripture of the day anyway. So here we go. The scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, it's soul food. And the scripture of the day comes to us from John 1.14. The word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Yes. We are wrapping up a season of Yas Jesus, our, our first, first season. season. Oh my God, Jinx. Ah, uh, Jinx. After 40 episodes, <laughs> 12 gross. guests, and several baked Bible stories. Continuing to be baked. <laughs> and those 40 episodes that we did, they packed in a lot. You know, we started this because we wanted a place, a safe place to have a Christian, a reverend, just like pro, pro LGBTQIA plus non slut shaming, just place to explore our faith. Did we accomplish that? Yeah, we accomplished the pro LGBTQ and the pro LGBTQ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of our, our listeners are queer Christians who, like us, were just looking for a space in the world where they could just be themselves. You know, some fans of comedy also started learning how irreverent and outright hilarious the Christian thing could be. Before we just move on to season two, we wanted to take a moment to look back on a few highlights. We can play a few clips that you may not remember. So are you ready? Yes, we started Yes Jesus, like we said, because we wanted a space to explore Christianity through a queer, rainbow, sex positive, funny, mm -hmm. hopefully funny mm -hmm. lens. But we both had some pretty dramatic. And dramatic. And just wild out experiences with the church mm -hmm. and with conversion therapy. So. For our very first episode, we just wanted to keep it real and take it right to the truth, and we opened up with our own stories. And I come back, and I say to him, I'm just torn. I don't think this is the right thing. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing. I'm so afraid. And he goes, what are you afraid of? He sounded like <laughs> Leslie Jordan. And he was like, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, I'm afraid of going to hell. And he's like, you're not going to go to hell. 
Mm-hmm. He goes, I was just telling my wife. And I go, your <laughs> wife? He goes, yes, I have a wife and two kids. I go, you have a wife. He goes, yes, I used to be gay. And I go, you used to be gay? Uh, first of all, I wasn't sure if I was gay or not, but I knew for shit sure this guy was a faggot. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? You can't like not be gay. That's the whole thing uh, I'm talking about here. Yeah. And he goes, listen to me right now. And he got mad and he stood up in his chair in a little room and he yelled right in my face. And he goes, you could be sucking a dick and the second coming of Christ could happen and you're still going to go to heaven. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, it's not about the sexual act. It's not about the sin. It's about just believing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, and believing in Christ, and trusting God. And that's all you need to get into heaven. And he goes, so the sex doesn't matter? And he goes, well, God doesn't want you to sin, but like it's that's your sin is not going to stop you. Your belief is going to get you in. And I was like, excuse me, I have to go. And then I literally (laughs) went straight home, got on AOL, found someone, and lost my virginity that night. (laughs) Yes, Jesus. So a year into conversion therapy is when I started trying to find my own space to just to be, Um, because I knew who I was. There was no question about that. It was just a question of, can I be who I am? And so I started creating my own space. And the way I started doing that was I started breaking into homes in my neighborhood. Wait, you, you, okay. So how old are you? Uh, This was, now I was 14. So a year into conversion therapy. So a year into conversion therapy, you're 14 years old and you're breaking into homes? Yeah. I'm sorry. You're so wholesome. (laughs) You're like, well, I I mean, you're so wholesome looking. (laughs) And you're from a town of 400 people and you're breaking into their homes. Yeah. How many homes? More than 10. More than 10. Yeah. And what, what are you doing? Are you, are you just hanging out? Are you stealing? The only thing I was looking for were dildos. Like, where are your dildos and porn? <laughs> like, where right, are I'm they? not going to even act like I don't know this story already, <laughs> you guys. I, I'm sorry. I don't even, I'm not even going to act like I don't know this story, okay? I'm going to lead the witness just so you guys can hear this. Young Azariah, 14 years old, one year into conversion therapy, breaking into neighbors' homes to steal their dildos. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things oh, about you. Oh, God. I know. Okay, it's still so, so embarrassing. So I'm going to go back and ask you some questions. So yeah. how did you know that they had dildos? I didn't. Okay, so wait. You were just hoping. I was just hoping. For a dildo? I was just hoping for... First, I was looking for porn, and the dildos were just a plus. I was like, ooh, what's so, this? Did it? So it started with one neighbor or like how, were you tipped yeah, off or like what happened yeah so my best friend le- lived next door and he told me where his dad hid his stash of porn which was where under the bed under the water bed uh-huh. in this it was a you know one of those wood big old water beds uh-huh. and they had the cabinets under the water mattress yes. and so i would open up the cabinet and there was just a stack of magazines right there uh-huh. and a stack of vhs tapes Looking for dicks in there. Looking for dicks. He didn't have any dicks on his side. The other side of the bed did. Ooh, mama had dicks. Mama had dicks. <laughs> we also did this podcast because we didn't want to feel alone as queer Christians. And along the way, we've gotten to talk to some great guests who are also queer Christians. So here we go. 
And I will say that growing up very flamboyantly gay, of course I had my bullies and most of them were in school, but strangely, I never really faced that from my family or from church. I faced it from like my removed family, my, my more distant relatives, but not my immediate core group. And mostly because my grandmother would have beat anybody down that spoke ill of me. And I'll never forget, like just as a, a side step here, my grandmother, when my sister tried to out me in front of my entire family at Thanksgiving one year, everybody just kind of looked at me and was about to tell me, well, you know, we support you, but this is why you're wrong. And my grandmother saw it coming and she stopped and she said, well, y'all don't need to talk about nothing. You need to eat before the food gets cold. So she took me into the kitchen and she said, honey, I learned a long time ago that as long as you keep their mouths full of food, they cannot spout any bullshit. Did you go to church? Yes, I went to a Methodist church growing up and I went there because that's where my parents, you know, Catholic, I think it's Catholic light and uh, grew up <laughs> doing that and was like teen church boy. Like in my high school, like all of our friends were all went to the same church and we would have like, you know, like the team meets and we'd go on camping and we'd have big fundraisers and big things where you would stay over at the church overnight, you know, raise money for whatever. And I grew up really active in my church. And as a very a big part of that, like Midwestern community life or like the sports. The thing oh, at the hundred. I mean, we were Friday night lights, hundred percent. I think the next week I go into church and they do the altar call after the sermon. And you know, my job is always to play the music and sing the song. I skipped playing the music, skipped singing the song. I went to the front of the church. Okay, Brother Reggie, what did the Lord put on your heart? I said, someone in this church condemned me last Sunday and said that I was going to hell, which is basically a sin because you didn't judge me. So you're going to be going to hell next to me. So we're going to be in hell together. <laughs> we <can> carpool. <laughs> he was like kind of shocked that I'm saying this in church. And so I just kept going. I was just like, you basically sent this individual to say something to me. How is this even of God? And when he regassed his composure and he just said, if there is smoke that has to be fired, why are you offended? And then at that point, there was a sign in church that said, this church is under construction. And so I was just like, the sign said, please be patient with me. Church is under construction. Should that mean all members under construction or just the one that has a visible sin? Mm. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I said, okay, Pastor, what happened to me wasn't right. And until y'all do right by me, everything in this church is going to fail. And I packed my things up, and I left, and I didn't return. Not even six months later, they lost the church. Wow, wait. Six months later, the church went down? Prophetess Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Oh, we are all under construction. I love that. I took that with me every day since then. Uh, we also wanted to talk about the Bible, but we didn't want it to be like the same old boring Bible stories. Like how many times can we hear the same things told the same way that you hear them in Sunday school? We wanted a more, I don't know, rainbow look at things. So we decided to add a twist. When I heard that David and Jonathan were a queer story in the Bible. I started researching it. There's a really great thing on QSpirit.net. I remember it. <laughs> I talked to everybody in my family about it, everyone that'll listen. When I talk about what we do with the podcast, I discuss David and Jonathan. Mm -hmm. And this is the episode. 
This is the episode, Danny. But you, what's, you said there was something funny about it, though. Like, what's the thing that we're we're doing? Like, what's like the catch or whatever? Because I I would have prepared more because yeah. I, I I really have been caring about this, and I'm almost like a little bit like, should we do it? Well, we knew how much you love queer Bible stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially the story of David Jonathan. Yes. So not only that, but you also love weed. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I didn't know what you said. Yeah. Sure, I love weed. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so um, we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to smoke, and oh, we're going to okay. retell this story of David and Jonathan. We're going to do a baked Bible story Stop moment. It! That sounds so fun. Okay, all right. Wait, how are we doing this? Well, I have the joint right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I have okay. The joint right here. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to put this joint in my mouth, and then I'm going to light it. <laughs> And then we're going to take a break. Hand it to me, and then we're going to take a break, and we're going to go through the story of David and Jonathan. That's right. Oh my gosh, you guys! <laughs> Just wait, because honestly, I'm about to go off, sis. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll be right back after after these messages. We're going to come back and talk about David and Jonathan, David my two favorite keys. Jonathan. <laughs> All right, see you guys in a little bit. David and Jonathan, still my favorite. Still. That love story, honey, has me all hot and heavy still. <laughs> Thus, the baked Bible story was created on That's the... F- what episode <laughs> number? I don't know. But on that episode number, it was created. So let's hear a few more of those. Pass me the lighter. David walks into the room. Jonathan lays eyes on him mm-hmm. for the first time. First Samuel sixteen twelve. Look it up. This is how David was first described. Yeah. He was ruddy. 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 What's ruddy mean? Like kind of red in the like skin, like faced. blush. Like just you know, young, like blush. full yeah. of life. Yes. Uh, ruddy, the definition is a person having a healthy red color. So you're right. Okay, Thank so you. he was ready. And he was handsome, the Bible says. Handsome. Mm-hmm. The Bible. Bible. The, the Bible, Bible says that David's this handsome. Is, this is the Bible Okay, truth. keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So he was handsome. And this is when David and Jonathan first met. Um, so it was after he killed Goliath, as you right. said. And he shows up. We've been there. And Jonathan, King Saul's son, yes. the king of Israel. We went through this. What does he say? He immediately falls in love. And in 1 Samuel 18, 3 He immediately four, falls in love. Yes. He says, Jonathan made a covenant with David. Immediately. <laughs> this girl, I think they were lesbians, actually. This is really a lesbian story. No, that's <laughs> or, or Ruth maybe, and Naomi. Like, we'll the lesbians learned from us. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David. Okay. Not just his robe, girl. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Tell him. Tell the kid. Tell the children. And his armor. Mm -hmm. That breastplate. Yes. Those. And his girdle. Some translations say. (laughs) That covers his loins. (laughs) (laughs) Not gay at all. Not gay at all. And even his sword. It says he so, <laughs> sword. What is is this? Is this question mark. Okay, okay. Sword. This is open for interpretation. But if we're gonna, I'm, no, <laughs> no, it's not. In my head, it. Was, no, sorry. stop. Okay, okay don't I'm, go I'm there. Done, I'm done. Okay. And his bow and his belt. Jonathan stripped. Stripped before David. Before David. Before David. 
And it's just like all gone. Now that's a power move. It's like <laughs> you it's meet the side guy and you're like, I think you're amazing. And my soul is knit with yours. <laughs> so much so that now I will release and show my heavenly body in front of you. Uh, we also know the musical Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. That's gay in itself. <laughs> like in his coat of many colors. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like when they list, I'm not going to sing the melody, but when they list all the colors off and they're like, it's red and white and purple and pink and red. And so now I was just like, that is so, 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 so. gay 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 rainbow gay like you like i never really knew the story so for those of you who don't know the story sit back and enjoy so joseph is the son of jacob who later was renamed as israel remember our episode of sodom gomorrah we talked about the 12 tribes of israel right and abraham being the father of israel and abraham is jacob's father right jacob becomes israel and has 12 sons. And so Jacob's 12 sons, Joseph's brothers, were the 12 tribes of Israel in the Sodom Gomorrah episode that we talked about. Oh, okay. That all got sent a piece of the concubine. Yes. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I feel like I'm getting a fuller understanding of what kind of brothers they were. Like, not only were they the type of brothers that did not care for a woman who was just raped, sure. but then cut her up and sent her out and then gave up their daughters to be kidnapped in a surprise party. You know, like, go listen to the episode right, if you're right, not sure right, what we're yeah. talking about. But so, yeah, they threw their brother Joseph in the well because he wore what can be called a princess dress. So the direct translation of Joseph's coat in the Bible. The original word, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, is ketonet pasim. Right. That was what they called the coat, the colorful coat that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And nowhere in Genesis is this word brought up. There's only one other place mm -hmm. in the Bible that we hear of this word. Right. And in that verse, and I don't have it in front of me, so, you know, hit me up later. Slide in my DMs if you want that story. <laughs> but later when the Bible does bring this word up again, ketonet pasim, it's about a woman who is wearing one. A ceremonial, and she was a princess. And a virgin. So it's yes, a ceremonial dress was, for a virgin princess to wear. Right. Daughter of the king, virgin. Mm -hmm. So... When you interpret this word literally, it means princess dress. Well, that's what how I literally interpret it. Princess dress. We have our scripture of the day from our freaking Dick and Roush Murray. Genesis chapter 9 verse 16 says, When the bow is in the clouds, mm. I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh. Yes. That is on the earth. So Talking about I, like covenants. That, I like that this interpretation says when the bow is in the clouds. Yeah. When God's the bow, bow. Is there a song? Am I just missing? Is it when the bow is in the clouds? Don't you like feel like, like I'm into it? I'm, it's I'm like here something, for it. Right? I, I, I'm it's something. With you. There's something there. Yeah. Producers, there call me when the bow <laughs> is in the clouds. <laughs> it feels like that. It's the missing awesome song. Um, the bow is in the clouds. Oh, a kid to knit Pasim. I'll never not know what that is. Girl, I want one. Um, ultimately, we also wanted this show to be good for your own spiritual journey. In season one, we talked about slut shaming, about body acceptance and positivity, about coming out, about how to come out, and about sex. S-E-X. Yes. And about addiction. Mm. And, but we still managed to get a lot of laughs in. 
I'm just appreciating my my body right now. Are we are you gonna do this shirtless? No, we can. Do you want to do a little warm? So don't you know? Don't Connie, don't Connie. threaten me with a good time. All right. Welcome, everybody. Come on in. Take your shirts off. <laughs> Have a seat in the pew, pew, pews, because it's hot and it's getting hot in here as we talk about how your body is a queer temple. But before we get into that, let's get to our praise report and prayer requests. Sluts help the world go round. That's what I believe. So do sex workers. I actually have a friend that's a really big slut. He's like my biggest co-friend and I love him so much. I'm not going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. And it is not you, Azariah. You couldn't even aspire oh, okay. to, to, to be oh, as Wow. As, and hold on, they're going to bleep out his name, but as Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that boy's okay, a you're, right. you're right. I, I could not even imagine of achieving that. <laughs> and I tell you, like, um, since we're not saying his name, not to spill his tea, he does have a, a traumatic uh, backstory, but he reclaimed it in his sexuality, I think. And he empowered himself mm-hmm. with his sexuality. And when you know his true tale, to me, it, it actually makes sense. He brings so much. He goes, I, I can't help being a slut, slut. God made me make so many people feel so good. And he's like, I feel like I'm, I mean, it's kind of like, well, you know, one thing about him is that he will go to the quote unquote, most unattractive, most undesirable person in the bar and immediately go flirt with that person. And he himself is somebody who the world would deem as like a jelly donut, like, yeah, I'll have one. Like he's a, yeah, I'll have one type. Like everybody likes him and there, and he'll be lying straight for the weirdo. And I think there is a certain beauty and a certain divinity in that kind of a thing. And I, and I really have a problem yes. with him living his life that way. And that's it for season one, Azzy. Ah, oh, uh, chef's kiss. What the thing of beauty. We I, did it. I, you know, it feels good. Like, this was our quarantine project that has turned into just, like, this incredible practice, I feel mm-hmm. like, that we do. You know? And I'm just so grateful for it. And, and along the way, we've met so many other people who are doing the practice, who are deconstructing their mm. faith, reconstructing their faith, you know, and exploring all of this. And it's so great to uh, bring, be a part of that community and, and, and find that community and help develop it. So I, I've loved and this. And be a part of it. Like, yeah. listen, you're a part of our community. Thank you so much. Uh, for listening to us uh, in this first season. Um, we're going to be just right back with season two, so you're really not going to miss much. Just keep listening to us every Sunday. And we have so much for you. Uh, we have more queer Christianity to explore, so don't you worry. Let us know. Let us know what your favorite part is of season one. What's your favorite part of season one? Let us know on social media at Pod. That's Y-A-S-S Jesus P-O-D. You can also leave a message or an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yesjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a, do you remember when you did that thing? It was so cool. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> like that time you sang praise the Lord and no, you're just dead silence. And nobody laughed. Remember nobody the laughed. Uh, you had to get the worst joke you ever did on the show <laughs> into the end. Well, the worst, I guess, is the best. We have to just like take our worst and highlight it. Jesus said, come as you are. That's all I do. Okay. Uh, Let's have a closing prayer here. Uh, God, we'd like to thank you that we've been able to build this Yash Jesus community. Let us build something even more inclusive, even more faithful, even more non-judgmental, more fun, and even more worthy of your love and praise. 
Uh, for all the prayer requests that we got over season one, we pray. For all the praise reports we got, we give thanks. And we are so thankful for all of you that listen, uh, and we pray for you. Amen. Amen. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking deacon, Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yash Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastillos, and Steve Michaels. Keep praising the Lord, y'all. See you soon. Bye. Bye.